You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, first segment, I want to discuss what we briefly mentioned on yesterday's show, the fact that there's a rumor out there that David Stearns could potentially Head up the Mets front office beginning next season. That could be massive, and I'll explain why in the first segment. Then, final two segments, we have a Locked On crossover, Locked On Mets, Locked On Yankees, getting you ready for the Subway Series that's about to take place. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Now, Bob Nightingale had one of those stories where he kind of reports on a bunch of things and kind of lets you peek into the shadows a little bit about what's going on in Major League Baseball. And the rumor is David Stearns could be joining the Mets front office after this season, which is something that's been kind of rumbled for a little bit now. He's sort of stepped away from the Brewers, but he's still, you know, under contract for presiding, you know, uh, I don't know if over the franchise, but it's been, you know, clear that Stearns would be exiting when his contract is up with the Brewers and he becomes immediately the top free agent executive available. And I'll tell you what, I spoke about this on the show a little over a week ago. I think it was, the preview of the Mets uh, Brave series where I was comparing where these franchises are going. And I said, look, because the Braves have Alex Anthopoulos, the Mets are behind when it comes to the executive leading the charge. But if they were to get a David Stearns, that could change everything. This could change everything. Okay. This could be the best thing that has happened to this franchise since Steve Cohen bought the team. And since then, traded for Francisco Lindor, you've, uh, you know, signed Scherzer and Verlander, which you know, get to that in a little bit when I'm with the host of Locked on Yankees about this upcoming series. But a lot of good things have happened. The Mets won 101 games. And you have Francisco Alvarez looking like a superstar just getting promoted. A lot's happened. But here's the thing for me. What do you want more than anything in sports? A good owner. Second to that, you want a good executive with a steady hand on the wheel. And Billy Epler's moves have not been panning out for the Mets lately. I'm not pitting it all on him, okay? The players have to perform. But he identified Daniel Vogelback as a player to go after. And as much as I defended it last year, now the larger sample size you have on him, you just see he's an ill-fitting piece for your roster. He clogs things up, jams things up in a lot of ways. He's the one that built the bullpen this year and chose optionality relievers instead of just signing the best arms available. He wanted guys who could send up and down because you want that flexibility throughout the season. Well, guess what? 
if you don't have the the depth of, of quality arms, what's that going to do for you? A lot of mistakes have been made along the way. Um, not all Epler, you know, the Pete Crow Armstrong trade, not his fault. But what you need is executive like David Stearns. And if you're not familiar with his work, he, uh, Harvard grad, um, was interning with the Pirates while he was in school. He actually was with the Mets in their baseball operations department, um, Arizona Fall League. He was with the Cleveland then Indians, now Guardians. Um, and in 2012, he ended up with the Houston Astros, where he was the assistant GM to Jeff Loonhow, um, and worked under him for a couple of years. And in 2015, became the youngest GM in baseball when he took the job with the Brewers. Now, at the time, the Brewers were coming off a 68-94 season. 2016, pretty much the same thing, 73-89. and But from that point on, 2018 through 2021, when you finally felt the weight of David Stearns making the decisions for the Brewers, they made the playoffs all four seasons. They went 96. Well, first they went, okay, actually, they hit the back. So, the fifth is a five-year run, really more like a six-year run. The first year of it, they missed the playoffs, but they were second. So they were 86 and 76 in his second year running the team. They finally made the playoffs, his third year running team, 96 and 67. They won the division. Then they went 89 and 73, second in the division, made the playoffs. They made the playoffs in the shortened season um, with a 29 and 31 record. Then in 2021, they won 95 games, won the division again. So two division titles in that four-year run where they made the playoffs consecutively. Um, and then last year, you know, they barely missed it at 86 and 76, and they're currently in first place. Or I guess now I'm looking at baseball reference hasn't been second. I guess the Pirates maybe edged them out. But there's a lot of talent that's left over in that franchise that David Stearns helped bring in. So if he becomes the GM of the New York Mets, you're finally going to have a top-flight executive where you don't have to worry about the Mets getting fleeced in trades where you can you know, feel confident that the Mets, when it comes to understanding the analytics and implementing them properly when it comes to roster construction, you have one of the guys that's the best in the business at doing exactly that. If he becomes the president of baseball operations, suddenly Billy Epler doesn't have as much responsibility running baseball ops, and he's just a, a second-in-command GM, all right, you're fine, because David Stearns is presiding over it. And I think Billy Epler in that scenario still brings a lot to this front office. So that could be the biggest thing that could happen. If you told me right now, the Mets could have David Stearns or Shohei Otani this offseason, I of course would pick Otani, but I'd think about it and I'd blink for a second. And that tells you how incredible that hire would be for the Mets. So when we see a report like that, Coming off the heels of me discussing it briefly on the podcast a couple weeks ago, I wanted to spend a segment on it because, look, it's not like you're turning the page to next year just yet. But if a David Stearns is interested in taking this position, and again, he's started with the Mets, and you know everything would tell you that the Mets would be his dream job. Okay, this is a guy that you know grew up in New York. So if that happens, for a guy that – Honestly, could probably go back and do something with the Astros if he wanted to. And that would maybe be the other organization that he could go to. That's going to take this franchise to a different level. And that will legitimize this franchise in a way where you can be pretty confident that with Steve Cohen's resources and David Stern's brains, 
you won't be in the position you're in right now too, too often. It's baseball. I think it happened. And you know, look, the Mets can still go on a run this year, but that's massive news if it proves to be true. Fortunately, we're still far removed from knowing if that is going to be the case. And in the meantime, Mets versus Yankees. That is, of course, the story of the next couple of days in New York. Subway series, I was on with Locked on Yankees for a crossover. So we'll have that for the final two segments of the show. Before we get to it, though, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you've ever been in a situation where you want to go to the game, but finding tickets can just be too stressful and you can't find a good price, Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have at the game. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag tickets without the stress. With Game Time, down the Game Time app, create an account. Use the code LOCKDOWNOB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code LOCKDOWNOB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. The New York Mets for the New York Yankees, 7-10 Eastern time tonight. If you want to catch every pitch of the Mets' hometown broadcast, you can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, my Locked On crossover with the hosts of Locked On Yankees. Kind of a Locked On therapy session today, if you will. The Yankees and Mets are obviously not playing up to their potential. Ryan, the Mets feel like a mess if if I do say so, what is going on with you guys? A uh, little bit of everything. It, it's just, it's one of those seasons. Anyone who's been watching baseball long enough knows it where your team just can't put it all together at once. Either you have the good hitting day with no pitching, the good starter, and then you get absolutely no offense. That's been the story of the season, particularly the rotation has been bad. And look, I, I think I can boil it down pretty simply. If the veterans, the Mets are paying a lot of money, don't play up to the standards that they're expecting. Obviously this team's going nowhere. And right now it, it's looking like it. So, uh, you know, there's still plenty of time, but it, it's, it's getting to that point where you're in junior, like, okay, is this season never going to get going the way you want it yeah. to? And I don't know. It's, I definitely need to be put on the therapy catch. So, so thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Here, here's the thing for me outside looking in, obviously we're not covering the Mets every day like you are, but we're covering the Yankees over here. And Without Aaron Judge in the Yankees lineup, the Yankees are completely different, just completely different. And I know it hasn't been such the same for the Mets, but outside looking in, you guys were on a run. Pete Alonso gets hurt, and it looks like you've been in a downward spiral since, right? A little bit. I think the difference between Judge and Alonso is I, I think it's a lot easier to replace the first baseman. Uh, and the Mets are kind of in this spot where, they have to figure out, you know, who else is going to be thriving for this team down the stretch. So in some ways it opens up opportunities for a guy like Mark Vientos, who's a prospect that's come up, hasn't got a lot of run for Mark Canna, who Tommy Pham was taking his playing time and left 
So overall, like even though Alonzo losing him is massive, to me, it's still the same issues that were already there. Like until Lindor and McNeil look like they did last year, there's like, like we're judges, like your entire, the vortex of your team shifts entirely. Like it, it's, it, it, there's so much that he does for your, your baseball team where Alonzo, obviously you're missing the home runs, but you know, I feel like they can get by, but the, the, the bigger issue has been getting nothing from guys like Verlander that you expected a lot from. Stace, obviously judge the, has been the biggest story for us all season. I mean, two different trips on the IL, but I mean, it's also Anthony Rizzo, especially right now in his absence, just literally doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I said it on yesterday's show. I believe that he really should have gone on the IL after he hurt his neck because he's basically done nothing since he's hurt his neck. Um, They're just running him out there, hoping he starts to hit. And, you know, Boone's saying things like, oh, you know, I I think I'm seeing it in uh, batting practice. He's going to turn it around soon. It's like, well, he needs to turn it around like in the next five minutes because he can't go on like this. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, what, 0 for 24 or something? Well, he hasn't had a hit since Judge ran through the wall in L.A. So um, I don't know, maybe his feelings are hurt. Maybe he's upset that his best friend is. Yeah, he's missing his best friend. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I don't. I really don't know what to say about that. It's it's because I mean Rizzo has been so good this season too that it just makes no sense that it would be like straight off of a cliff. Yeah, I mean the neck is probably bothering him worse than he let on because how do you go from doing as well as he was doing? He was above three hundred. He was constantly on base to doing absolutely nothing the past week and a half. Yeah, and then you can like it's as plain as it can be is like that bookmark is right there. (laughs) It's right when he got hurt at first base. So Uh, Ryan, you had mentioned that the, you, you guys aren't getting like the, the veteran production. Right. And I think where the Yankees differ in that regard is the Yankees have veteran production. They're just physically not there. Right. (laughs) Bader's not there. Stanton has been missing pretty much the whole season until recently. Josh Donaldson has been gone pretty much the whole season until recently. Like it's bizarre. How many injuries the Yankees have had this season? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I think, you know, it's funny you mentioned the neck thing because Starling Marta had a neck injury earlier this year and he did the same thing. He like played through it. Why are these guys playing through neck injuries? Because I don't know, maybe you need your head and your neck to see a baseball. Hello? <laughs> maybe. I, I don't know. It could be. It could be because there was a, a you know two, three week, maybe even a full month stretch where Marte looked like a shell of himself. And now he's kind of pulling himself out of it. But yeah, it, it's funny because the Mets, I think for the most part for their position players, have had pretty decent injury luck. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of guys cycling in and out. For them, it's the rotation. The rotation was ravaged early and. You know, it's like they, they've gotten some of their guys back, but they're still waiting on, on uh, Jose Quintana. And then with Verlander and Scherzer, they just had such a weird season where it's – I think Scherzer is finally in a good rhythm. Um, but Verlander, I mean, he's, he's, you know, seven starts in and three of them have been bad. So we'll see. I, I imagine he turns it around. But old rosters get hurt. Yeah, go figure. Hey, you're talking <laughs> to a Lakers fan. Uh, so I know all about that. Uh Stace, like, like, obviously we're going to be talking about this series over the next couple of days here on Lockdown Yankees, but like, do you anticipate this kind of being a dud of a subway series considering <laughs> there's no judge and no Alonzo? Yes. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be like the Red Sox Yankees series where it's going to be 
like that was just so boring to me this past weekend you know the winning team in all three games only scored three runs you know like the pitching was pretty good but like the offenses just didn't do anything there was nothing exciting about the games and I feel like yeah with those two out because you know those are usually the guys they show on the promos for the big subway Mm -hmm. series games and they're not in and I feel like it could be a dud but then again you could have a case where someone like you know, Billy McKinney hits a home run or something like that. Like, or robs exactly. one yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, you never know what's going to happen, but I don't know. Ryan, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about the two and two series now? Do you miss the three game weekend series where they were constantly on Fox and ESPN or are you? I feel like it, it would be cool if they would do just like, it, you know, it would actually be cool if they did one at each ballpark twice a year. That'd be kind of cool yeah mix it up just do something to make it a little more unique um i don't know the fact that you have there's so much kind of built around it that there's an off day in each side of it that it's supposed to be this big spectacle and look maybe the pitching matchups give us that but yeah if it's you know billy mckinney and and tommy fam are the headliners i guess this isn't as exciting of a subway series as of course alonzo and judge The New York Mets for the New York Yankees, 7-10 Eastern time tonight. If you want to catch every pitch in the Mets' hometown broadcast, you can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Uh, I kind of wanted to touch on this. Uh, obviously, I'm on the West Coast. I've said that 10 trillion times. But So I don't get to see firsthand the Yankees-Mets rivalry. What is it like right now? Ryan, let's start with you from your Mets perspective. Obviously, over the last few years, the Mets have gone through a massive transformation. What do you see the fan bases kind of colliding like right now with uh, with these two with these two franchises? I felt like last year there was a little bit of steam in it because the teams were really good. And so it was like, I mean, there was a large stretch of the season where they had you know, if not the best record in the respective leagues, I mean, one of the best records. So when you're looking at it that way and it's these teams that are you know, spiraling towards 100 wins, it's like, all right, like there's there's some momentum here. Who owns the city? If the Mets are a you know third, fourth place team and the Yankees have a couple teams ahead of them in the division, I mean, like a battle of third place teams, it's just it, it's not the same <laughs> thing. And as much as there's always like that baked in Yankees-Mets rivalry, I've always been one, maybe it's because I don't live in New York, where I still look at the, the teams in the division as the ones that, that you're, you know, like, I don't hate the Yankees the way I hate the Braves. Right. Like, I don't I? hate the Mets the way I hate the Red Sox. Yeah. Why, why, yeah. why, should, why would I? I yeah. You know, it's, they, they met in the World Series once. And other than that, they're really never going to play a game that's that significant until we get a second Subway World Series, which would be awesome. And last year, I think the reason why there was that you know, kind of steam there is because we thought for a minute, oh, this could be a year where it's possible well yeah last at one point last year you had both la teams and both new york teams in first place and i think it was like may but still everyone's like wow this is the first time this has happened in how long and then you know things change but it's true um i pay more attention to the division rivals than the mets like every they try to build it up to this whole rivalry thing and because i'm in new york i see it you know the local newscasters or sportscasters will really try to make it dramatic and build it up and the newspapers try to do that in sports radio and it's just like 
it's 27 years of this, 26 years of this now. And it's just, hmm, maybe we need a break. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to make it exciting again i feel like i feel like there needs to be like a four or five season break and then start doing the weekend series again and then make it like more exciting wow the old ross and rachel try and get them on a break here uh <laughs> also quick correction one la team and one orange county team just one off. i know you mean the whole la <laughs> i know i know i, know but I always are. i have to i have I to it's, it's just in my dna um <laughs> State of the franchises I wanted to get into as well. We, again, on Lockdown Yankees, talk about it constantly. We're always talking about our minor league system. I, I got a chance to see the Syracuse Mets on a good chunk of occasions last season. Uh, them and the Rail Riders played a whole bunch of times. Ryan, what is the state right now of Mets minor league baseball? Well, you know, I think we're seeing it make its way up to this big league team. Like, you're going to see... If you want to talk about like a box office player for this series, Francisco Alvarez is about as fun of a rookie as you're going to watch right now. He loves to pimp his home runs, flex his muscles as he's riding in the bases. He's always got a big smile on his face. He looks every bit the 21 year old that he is. Uh, you know, there's, there's him, there's Brett Beatty, there's Mark Fantos in the big league roster, Ronnie Mauricio, another prospect who's been in Syracuse all year, who's got a lot of hype around him. So there's this wave of prospects that's just coming up. For me, what I'm excited to see is suddenly kind of out of thin air this season, a little bit last year, particularly this year, you've seen some guys like Mike Vassell, Dominic Hamill, Christian Scott, some of these pitching prospects that have been really kind of taking a leap. And the, I know the Mets have been pouring money to building what every team wants. You know, they have to call it pitching labs. That's what you want, right? Your team to be able to develop pitching. I don't know if the Mets can yet but it certainly looks a lot better than it did two years ago. So what you have to hope if you're a Mets fan is the fact that Steve Cohen is pouring resources into development that those, you know, you know, dollars spent will pay dividends in the future. But to me, it's still too soon to say, Oh yeah. Cause they spent money. It's going to be fixed. I got to actually see one of these guys come up instead of Tyler McGill taking the ball every fifth day and giving up six runs. That's not going to show me much. Sure. Yeah. I feel like the Yankees are in a, bit of a similar uh conundrum like they obviously have been able to churn out prospects uh but they've also sent those prospects out which really hurt them and are really hurting them this season all the trade deadline moves have really hurt the yankees this season um you know losing guys, guys like hayden wesneski and and losing uh ken wall to chuck you know losing all these prospects and now you're going oh well He's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt, and there's no one to come fill those voids. Uh, so it is really bizarre, and, and I think the Yankees have done a good job of developing pitching in their own right. They've definitely done that in the bullpen. That's for certain. Their bullpen is one of the best in baseball uh, on any given night, even without a bona fide closer. I know you have that pain as well. Uh, but it, it is interesting because I think Sam Breen has done a really good job uh, the new director of pitching, he was hired in the offseason of 19 into the 2020 season. So he really hasn't had a whole bunch of time to to get these guys going. And then they trade away the top guys. So but I mean, the guys in double A right now are, are ridiculous. We've been talking about them all season long, so I won't bore you with the details. But yeah, it's 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 really magnificent uh, how they've been able to do that. Uh, I didn't get a chance to ask you, Ryan. I guess you kind of touched on it. Uh, thinking that this series might end up being a dud. But do you have any bold predictions or anticipations for this quick two-gamer in the middle of the week? Bold predictions on this series. 
Uh, let's see here. One of Scherzer and Verlander will be good, and one will be awful. <laughs> that's not bold. That's right, not. That's I not guess bold. the good side is might be bold. Yeah, Scherzer will be good. Verlander will be bad. I, I don't know. I don't have any bold predictions. I, to me, it'd be bold to say the Mets are going to sweep this series, but I have no faith in that. I mean, they're they they've been on a free fall. They've won. Was it one of the last nine or something like that? So. I don't know. This is a Mets team that you don't know what version you're going to get. So, Stace, is this going to be the worst Subway series in recent memory? <laughs> no, I can tell you which one is that. It was 2020. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure Tom Seaver passed during that series. And yeah. like, Ahmed Rosario had a walk-off hit with a bunch of cardboard cutouts. In right. The ballpark. It was so awkward and just. Uh, yeah imagine trying to build up the hype on a subway series when no one's there yeah that was yeah that was re- that whole season was so weird but yeah I, I i almost forgot about that you reminded me of it because i'm 2020 is such a blur that i don't really remember much of what happened that year so yeah gosh i oh yeah, I, I remember specifically <laughs> in that 2020 season again west coast guy whenever you go to angel stadium still and they play like you know whatever montages and things like that in those hype videos is Mike Trout's 300th career home run, which he did in an empty ballpark. <laughs> and they have like the big, like the monitors, like 300. It's like, this is depressing. Actually. I forgot yeah. about that. Oh yeah. my gosh. And that was, by the way, that home run made him the franchise leader in home runs. Like, cool. <laughs> Great. A solo applause. shot against the Mariners on a, on July 15th in front of nobody. Great. This is exciting. Uh, yeah. 2020, man. Hot take. Weird year. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. my hot take. Um, hey, you know what? Why not? Someone's going to throw a no-no over these next two days. Wow. Well, it's not going to be either because, of the Yankee starters. Just because both teams are not hitting. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, someone's going to get no hit. Actually, yeah, no. I could actually see that. I could see one of the matchups like where uh, both pitchers have like a no-no going to like the fifth or the sixth because both offenses can't do anything. That could be a thing that we <laughs> see. About- how about some ones? How about a combined no-no? A, oh, an actual no-no is too exciting. Yeah, Severino true. gives you four no-hit innings with like, like hundred walks, pitches. and then the bullpen closes it out. But the <laughs> yeah, Mets can't score. They go, they go Holmes. They go Marinaccio. They go yeah. Wandy, yeah. and then Wandy goes an inning. Yeah, King closes it. <laughs> King closes it out, and it's like, wow, five pitcher combined no-no. That was great. <laughs> One to nothing. On an yeah. air. If I if I just guess that, I'm a genius. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Two games set. Sevy Scherzer, Cole Verlander. Ryan Finkelstein, thanks for uh, hanging out with us today here on this Lockdown Crossover. Absolutely, guys.